Welcome to Automation Advocates, a show where we will talk about automation, manufacturing, and meet some of the personalities that are involved in the industry and get their perspectives. We hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoy creating. Thanks, and here's the show. Good day. We're back. Good and afternoon. Hello. Good day. It could be morning. You're right. Treadmill. Good, good who knows what time. Yeah, good evening. Um, today's topic, we're going to start... And this is not a uh, not a one and done kind of a thing, but we're gonna loosely start to pick apart data. Mm-hmm. Is it the big, medium, or small size? Any Terrible of joke. It. Any of it, right? Big data. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you I'd know, like a, I'd like a medium size of data, please. <laughs> <laughs> I want as little data as I possibly can get. Well, I think that's really the. I mean, if you want to cut to the end of this podcast, I mean, that's really what this is about, right? <laughs> Actionable data. Yeah. Ooh, there's yeah, a term for yeah. you. Oh, you're going to make all these proactive maintenance decisions. Well, it's those decisions that actually make big data interesting. Dare mm-hmm. I say the outcome? Yeah. Yeah. Outcome-based metrics. Sure. Let's, yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. Like with my that. favorite one is how many kids know calculus in your school district at 16. That's how we should measure success in this country. Well, none because there's only two years of math required. Exactly. So change what? change the regulation, improve the outcome. <laughs> we spiraled right back to the previous episode. Well, there's uh, all kinds of callbacks. It's, it's, yeah, it's a passion. Yeah, yeah, it's an interest. I think um, math is universal language, and that's how we get out of this hole we're in. Mm-hmm. This is what I found out in Japan. Math and uh, electronics is also pretty universal. Yeah, it's pretty cool how the numbers volts don't really or volts care. Or volts. Yeah. yeah, numbers really don't Earth's care anywhere. what language you're yeah. speaking. Yeah, I heard one time, and this is unrelated to data, but I was over in Japan and I needed a multimeter. I'm in the bottom of a panel, and uh, and I'm wearing a jumpsuit that's the size for you, not for me. Sure. And I'm like too small. Oh, way way too small, and. Uh, I was like, "Can I? Do you have a fluke, a multimeter?" And I could see this look of confusion. Oh, but you I don't made speak the, Japanese? Not fluently. Sure don't. <laughs> pre, this is pre uh, Google Translate. Way yeah. pre, yeah, pre pre borderline the internet almost. And uh, and I made that universal two handed gesture of taking those probes and putting them on some terminals. Yeah, and they go. Oh, you want a tester? And I'm like, yep. Yeah, go get me one of those, yep. please. Whatever, yep. whatever you want. You didn't call bring your it. own. No, no. Bummer. I mean, well, it was a hot cell too, so you don't want to bring your own because it may not come back with you, right? It's true. Hey, what's on that fluke? Oh, uranium. Oh, that's not going home. Yeah, you you can't bring that on a 747 and cross the. They Pacific. get real twitchy about that. I, they do. They do yeah. kind of wipe for that in the TSA, right? Isn't that yeah. one of the wipeable <laughs> items? Is it? I don't know. It was, and now it's like, do you have any batteries in your suitcase? Lithium is. Do you have a Samsung tablet? <laughs> yeah. Still, are they still doing that? Yes. No. <laughs> I think I think that was one of Samsung's best marketing plays. You get the TSA to ask them if they bought a Samsung device. <laughs> just a specific one. Like, right. not all of them are bad. Just this one. But you get your name out there. Oh, man. So. I mean, it's kind of costly. Take an airplane out, but whatever. <sighs> Details. Which data. Data. Well, speaking data. of data, though, I mean, <laughs> uh, relevant. Yeah. This is uh, roughly the, th- the second half of March. And there was a tragedy recently in China where an airplane went down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the most expensive apps I've ever purchased for my telephone is FlightAware 24. 
And luckily, there's a bunch of other people who think this app is pretty cool too. And if you zoom out on FlightAware 24, talk about usable big data, you can see where all the airplanes are flying. There's these little yellow guys, just like in real time. Real, real time. time, really. It will it it will blow your mind what the United States looks like on a Saturday, right? Probably a zoomed in version of like Manhattan, yeah. Yeah, it looks like a beehive, just it's like overlaid the, the, on top it? of the outline of the United States. Like a wireless mobile map. They do that coverage map, yeah. and they give you all the little yeah. dots. Yeah, there's and, a yeah. spot in Idaho that's black, and everything else is yellow. Yes. FlightAware 24? believe so. Okay. And uh, you can check that. But oh, they no. had the FlightAware 24 on this terrible tragedy crash in China where airplanes going around at, like, let's just say 32,000 feet, and then it just went... And uh, tragically, a bunch of people lost their lives, but we have all the data and it's available. And that's an interesting outcome is like you can see in real time where that airplane that you're supposed to fly on from Minneapolis to Bozeman. Oh, it didn't leave Tampa on time. You can see that right now. Yeah, you can see. Yeah, I had a flight delayed last night and mm-hmm. I got the, your flight's been delayed because incoming flight's been delayed due to weather. Correct. So incoming there's, flight from Tampa that's got hung all, up. Translation, yep. that's all big data. That's mm-hmm. all you just said there. Big data plus big data, big data equals big data. But, so I just pulled up the current map and you ain't kidding. Yeah. yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. And you wonder why we have a problem with carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. What? Yeah. I mean, where are all these things going? I don't know, man. A lot of people going to Florida, though, for spring break right now. A lot of mm-hmm. people going to and from what looks to be San Francisco, too. Yeah, and you can see the, the fight, you can see the fight path and how they change when, around <laughs> Ukraine right now, if you go over there, because mm-hmm. there's the, the, the butthole that is Putin is trying to wreak havoc in the Ukraine, so there's, there's a note, basically nobody's flying over that. And then you can see, like, oh, this guy's going from L.A. to... Sydney, so you can see how that flight like goes and see what air temperature they're at and at their altitude. All that information is out there for you. It's crazy. Isn't this like a? Isn't this a security risk? I don't know. I think it's like fishing. You just get to see where all the fish are. Whether or not you get to catch the fish, that's your problem. But I mean, security risk in that if you had a surface-to-air missile, is that what you're talking about? I, I don't know. I. I feel like this is something that I shouldn't have access to. It's pretty great, though, that we do have access to it. <laughs> it is. But I think, Justin, you just kind of nailed the whole point of big data. It's a really interesting map to see. It's a very eye-opening map to see where all the planes are at any one time. But what are you going to do about it but say, besides comment on how cool it is? Right? Like, what do you do with the data well, you I have in front of you? I can watch from my, my mother-in-law's flight, you know, yeah. from Minneapolis to Vegas and... She, I can know she's safely there. Mm-hmm. I just do that from the Delta app too. Sure, but if I don't want to have the Delta app, and or maybe she's flying American, I don't know. They have an app too. Sure, but I have to download <laughs> that. Like, how many apps do you have on your phone? Eleven five. Too too many is yeah. the answer. Yeah. Too mm-hmm. many. I mean, I you know I, I used this uh, song title in a in a work meeting one time, mm-hmm. and uh, I got some calls afterward. But it kind of reminds me of the. Uh, you know, the intro to Metallica's So What, mm-hmm. right? That's... And it's uh, So What, right? Sure, and but there's a level of data that we're not seeing. Are you aware of that? Oh, I get it. There has to be. There's yeah. airplanes on there that you don't get to know their names, okay? You don't get their call signs. Sure. Mm-hmm. But you can find them, okay? There's also airports you don't get that information. And I know for a fact 
that Delta has the ability to tell you the vibration and the the hours of each engine that's flying right now. Like they know, they have the vibration data. They're watching all that. Well, Rolls Royce has been publishing that. Well, I shouldn't say publishing. They're recording that, and they're powered by the hour. I mean, that's a, that's a machine as a service play, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. They, they've been gathering that for decades. Correct. Yeah. Oh, Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So there's, I mean, we're only seeing, you know, the consumer layer of this amount of data. But, I mean, think about how they're using this data against weather patterns, right? Mm-hmm. And routing accordingly and uh, making decisions. So, I mean, that's all well and good. And hopefully you're making proactive maintenance decisions on set engines with, you know, if it's Rolls Royce or whoever else makes that, you know, Boeing engine, whatever. What's interesting about what you GE. just said. Yep. GE be another one. Um, Airbusies. I don't know if Airbus makes engines though. Oh, they just borrow them from Rolls? Rolls and GE are two of the big. Yeah. There's somebody else though that I'm missing out. There on. is. I want to say it's McDonald's. McDonald Douglas, but I don't know if they're still available. Available. I don't remember. Um, Who does Embraer use? I, have to, I don't know. Can't know everything. Can't know everything. I do like airplanes, but um, I get. I guess the big point in in, in the the thread I'm going to pull out of what you just said though is, are you willing to make changes based on what the data tells you? Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. I think you know you highlighted the weather patterns. We do that a little bit because of the comfort, right? Because of the safety. We do wear different clothes. I mean, it's that simple. Like, and, and weather is one of the biggest data things that touches everybody. I mean, it's the dumbest and most common top, topic of the day in Minnesota. Yeah, like it's almost trying to snow right now, but rain and it's windy. It's not sure. Yep. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, who Just cares? Put on your, it's a puffy coat weather day. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> like, do I need a hat? Which hat? How many layers? Yep. Boots? Yep. Exactly. If it was 10 degrees lighter or colder, it would be insulated pants and a puffy, puffy coat. jacket. Like, right. like, come on. It's just layer and up. We were hiking boots year round here. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're yeah. good. Exactly. So, but, but, so we're making changes. We're making adjustments. But I, I talk to customers all the time that want to collect data mm-hmm. that don't make any changes. Correct. Like they just take the USB stick of data at the end of the season, the harvest season, and they throw it in a desk and it never gets looked at. I mean, that's what a customer told mm-hmm. me this just this week. Sure. Because that data, they didn't want to anal- you know, make the analysis. And well, now it's easy. Now we've got this AI algorithm. How many other uh, buzzwords can we throw in there? And Machine it's, learning. And yeah. it, and it's Neural syner- network. And it synergizes your ERP system to make better decisions to inform you of when you need to purchase motors so that you don't have to pay for downtime and expedite fees. Right? It orders it proactively from your, your chosen vendor. Maybe. And just cuts out your purchasing team. Like, oh, sign me up. Yeah, if you actually use it. If you use it. If you use it. Correct. I, to Justin's point, I've sat in front of customers and they want to get into, well, which parameter should I record out of this drive? A drive itself can have, what, over 500 available parameters? Oh, right? at, the, at the very at, minimum. At, at Every minimum. millisecond. Right? Every, yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, then you have to ask, but what are you going to do with that data? And they look at you funny. Mm-hmm. Like, well, should I be measuring average current or each phase of current? And should I measure, you know, hours of starts? Well, you're that's like, what again, the algo does now. Yeah, so they, the, they just want to measure the data, but you're like, what are you doing with it? So there's a convergence on the horizon or in mm-hmm. the present day, depending on the, your flexibility and nimbleness as a executioner. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I'm making investments because I think strongly in this concept, that if you make it easy 
that people will be more likely to use your big data. But you have to find the currency in which they give a shit. Yes. If your maintenance system is going to be, you started to talk about predictive maintenance or their maintenance schedule, if you're not changing any of that, then the data I give you won't matter. Correct. If you're not going to go in there and do an oil change more frequently or clean sensors more frequently, then why do you care how dirty they are? Correct. Okay. But if you're able to make actionable actions, actionable data, well, tell me what you want to do, and then we'll match the parameters you need to monitor. It's a backwards conversation, and I don't think they always see it that way because they're so excited that every sensor can tell me how dirty it is, and I can get average current on every drive or every overload. And you're like, but what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Besides looking at a beautiful dashboard on an HMI, you go, ooh. Or on your phone or, yeah, yeah. I mean, the graphics are really neat. Um, it kind of reminds me, did you ever run that SETI screensaver back oh, in yeah. like 2000? Yeah, 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 yeah. How cool was that? Thing? That's great. I don't know what it's looking at, but it looks cool. It's looking at signals from impossible extraterrestrial life Probably. intelligence. That's what SETI sounds for, right? Search oh. for extraterrestrial intelligence. You know, I, I understood the project. I'm just talking for, you know. <laughs> Not everybody does. <laughs> Jimmy in Tennessee. I love Jimmy. Thanks for listening, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. And I think you have to understand what the customer's outcome is. Mm-hmm. And it's probably, if I can armchair quarterback it here, or yeah, whatever. It's it's straight up. It's pretty obvious, right? It's uptime. Yeah. So how do you value uptime? Well, because we know it's $5,000 an hour for off. Okay. Well, then here's your system. Here's how much it costs to integrate. Give me the email for Dick and Jerry, and they get an email when this motor is going to go sideways. Mm-hmm. Is that fast enough for you? I think that's really easy, though. I don't. But And I've seen dashboards where they want to know, and you can look at, they're you doing know, that now. I mean, Siemens yeah, talks about that with their, others, what is it, yeah. their digital twin system? Right? Yes. You're doing that in Mich- in your servo electric game, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ro- yeah. Rockwell has a plan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've partnered up with people. And- Correct. But I think part yeah. of it, too, is you, you get the dashboards, and I'm going to pick on yogurt. Okay, you're tracking order history, and you're, you know, active orders in play. But has anybody stopped to then change the flavors of yogurt offered because no one likes peach? Like, you now look at other levels of data beyond motor data. Okay, you're looking at production line data. Well, what if you what if you just grab, you know, all of Albertson's data for YoPlay and then you drive the, you know, plant in Upper State, New York at the, at the, uh, at they the harvest point? They have to be doing that. They I mean, have to be. They've been doing it at Scott's uh, Fertilizer based on Home Season. Depot orders. Like, mm-hmm. they did that six years right, ago. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm a nobody, and I know that. Fun fact that I found uh, on the internets here, uh, downtime for an average food producer, um, anywhere between nine and $30,000 an hour. Hmm. Thanks. I'll um, use that. Well, it, and I think it's interesting, right? Because all this, again, you come back to the value and you talk about the outcome. And I think at some point you have to look at it and go, okay, like here's an article saying people were down... You know, on average, what was it like? I don't know, 100, 156 hours a year. You know, whatever that number turns out to be, and and that may be a, a reflection of how sophisticated or current your equipment is. It's a reflection of your your maintenance people in the training. That's a hundred thousand dollars. That's a hundred thousand dollars at ten hours or at uh, ten thousand dollars an hour. 
at 100 hours a year, which right. is right in the middle of that range. Yeah, so it, it's a it's a pile. It adds up real fast. Sure. Um, it's a whole maintenance person. Mm-hmm. Or Basically more. fully loaded. Yeah. 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 And, and you start to piece that together. And, and also, you know, with supply chain being what it is right now. Um, now it's longer. F- now you're down even more hours. And... Not only you're down, but you're not delivering. So, what does your customer, your customers' customers, start to think? Yeah, about? Yeah, how much right? market like, share are you losing because you can't deliver? Right. I just want tomato soup. Yeah. Can I get tomato soup? Yeah. Oh no, shelves are empty. Yeah. Cool. When can I get tomato soup? Yeah. Maybe in like three months. Yep. So they're still eating. That means they're just you're just missing an opportunity. Yeah, you miss the market, right? Yep. Um, but I wonder in, in in some of the dialogues, and and this is kind of where we're going, is do people understand do they want to just put their head in the sand and go yeah i don't want to figure that problem out or i I think it's difficult to make the the link Mm -hmm. i think there is on average three people or three departments at least that have to be talking together which are they let's let's pick that apart a little um i'd say sourcing operations and then some type of intelligence in the form of IT or engineering or both. Okay. And I think sometimes in small companies that might be three people, it might be two people, but there's, I mean, there's then you look at the big ones of the world, you know, the big food producers, and I bet it's thousands of people. For sure. For sure. And so then you go, well, we're going to do this pilot project and we're going to define this outcome at this plant who makes this stuff. But then what? Do they do they make it talk with the other folks? Well, and the other thing that, that you just mentioned there, and, and this has popped up a lot over the course of my career, because we were talking about before we, we hit the record button, uh, just spares, right? Spare parts, could be a motor, it could be a, maybe it's a computer card, whatever that spare is. Um, but what's interesting is in some organizations, excuse me, um, Capital is separate than op, right? So it's CapEx and OpEx. Yep, yep. And so the people buying the machinery who can buy those spares at a discount up front go, yeah, that's not my problem. Correct. And then later down the road you go, well, hey, that machine doesn't match all my other machines. Now I've got dissimilar parts, right? Sure. And that whole thing kind of gets blown up because we've built all these silos, which is... And that's because the silos don't understand the true mission, which is our job is to be up for 20, 2,200 hours a, a year. Mm-hmm. Like we want to run 2,200 hours a year. Right. Well, if, if you hit 2,150, what is that 50, uh, 50 hours worth? Apparently it's worth 50 grand or yeah, 50, 50 grand at least. You know what I would be curious of is speaking of data, if your machines could phone back to a central database and tell you all of the parts that are connected to it yeah i think that's there i think that's close right Mm -hmm. well i mean okay the difficult thing is there's a lot of dependence on aftermarket profit margin Mm -hmm. right so you've got dependence by who well the manufacturer of the chiller right so the manufacturer of the chiller let's just call it or the oven yeah, let's call it okay. train, right? Yep. So train has this uh, five thousand ton chiller, and it's running your cooling plant at your uh, your your dairy processing fa- facility, right? And uh, 
you want it to run 3,000 hours a year. Well, and if it's down, could you tap into a SolidWorks Electrical, an e-plan file that's provided by the uh, by train, and then make decisions based on, oh, I need to have this stuff here because, oh, by the way, I don't just have one of those chillers. Mm-hmm. I've got four, right, in three different time zones, right? So why can't I have a centrally located part you know, the impeller, that'd be mm-hmm. kind of a big deal, right? Small, just small detail. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then train doesn't want to like give away that information. That's a proprietary impeller. Right. But they could give you the part number, I suppose. Sure. And yeah. then you could make decisions on the cost of that part number and then how many you have deployed. And then you could make in a judgment from a financial perspective. Well, we have four of these active. If one goes down, we lose this many hours. And let's make sure we have that impeller. I think that's the way they used to do it. I assume you still have to do it. I mean, that I Asset don't, management. you can't change. Correct. Yeah, you no. can't change that math. But I think that goes where, what's the trend in big data? You're really speaking to asset management, spare parts, renewable parts, right? What is your Yeah, but I think JIT killed a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Just-in-time oh, manufacturing killed a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And that's because it was deployed incorrectly in some instances. Mm-hmm. I mean, JIT was based on the idea that most of your suppliers within 40 miles, if I'm not mistaken, 40 mile radius. Could be. And um, now that we have to get a motor from Taiwan. And on a boat. We, on a boat. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. What I, I, think, I think that's where big data will start to re-resurrect that because I think to your point, with just in time, they're not as focused on spare parts. Now they've been looking at the metrics of, oh, I can tell you what the phase A amp current is for the last 12 hours, but I have no idea where my spare parts are. Well, and like if I, you can't communicate to the CFO, the CFO is not going to give you the budget to To do that. I guess I'm saying I wonder if the focus right? has been on other metrics they're now creating yeah. and other data yeah. they're now creating. Because they don't know how much it costs to do their operation. So then they don't know how much it costs to be down. And then you tell them that, hey, that motor actually costs you this much because if you lose that one, you can't run the whole thing. And now, oh, maybe we do have to make a budget in the in the big mm-hmm. brick of uh, our spreadsheet here. Mm-hmm. So funny story. More than once in my career have I uh, purchased a plane ticket for me. And? And a component. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. flown. I remember one time I flew to Canada and I had... Uh, they were like the shoebox style computers. So they come in a box that's what, two foot by 18 by 18. Yeah. Um, I'm not converting that to metric for those of you not speaking English, but. Uh, 400 millimeters. Could be. I used duct tape and I made a handle on said box and I, I carried that computer. And going in through customs, are like, what is this? And I'm like, uh, it's a computer. It's fine. You're directionally correct. <laughs> Champ Bailey uh, flew a jet out to Ohio like the first month I had a job out of college. Just to, They just flew a jet out there because the compressor and the heat pump in Champ Bailey's wife's closet went out. So they flew from Denver to Ohio. And they turned around and came back and put a new compressor in that morning so she wasn't co- uncomfortable in her closet. Well then. Yeah. Oh, to be in a house that has 14 heat pumps. Yeah. But also makes me ask the question, 
if they weren't carrying, I mean, should they have a spare? In Denver, shouldn't there be a spare? Like, come <laughs> on. Like, who's selling compressors in Denver? Apparently, nobody with inventory. Oh, man. I'm yeah. sure that's improved. Well, so, so now let's pick on it. And I talked a little bit or kind of highlighted it, but the security, right? So you think about, I want to get all this data. I want to push all this data somewhere. But then it seems like every other day we turn around and it's like, ooh, data breach. Data well, breach. and then think about the fact that you're, they're watching you watch the data on FightAware, right? That's mm-hmm. the best part because they're selling you ads. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. I mean, they sell me ads because I didn't buy the premium package. Flight Radar is the one that I found. Flight Radar. Yeah. Okay. Maybe My phone's app off. is called yeah. Flight Aware. Maybe it's Flight Radar 24. Uh, Does it have 24 in the number? Yeah, Flight Radar 24. Yeah, but that's Again, me. maybe their app is Flight I don't know. But sure. Yes, there's this thing's full of ads. Like I, yeah, yeah. What a great platform! And I bet they're just. I mean, I bet they had the initial access to that data, and I bet they didn't even pay for it, right? And then somebody's like, FAA is like, My we could put a couple code. I yeah. can subscribe. See, bingo, bingo. It's just like Candy Crush. Where is this data coming from? Probably a silo in Colorado Springs. But. Or your, Utah. Well, and I think the, the, the way Justin just phrased that, where is the data coming from? You hear the term data lakes, data pools. Yeah. Where do you store the data, to your boy and Justin, safely How deep and is that securely? Lake? And then where are you passing it to? Who has mm-hmm. access to it? Read, write, view only. Like mm-hmm. there's data management, data access is... Mm-hmm. Very critical conversation because you can collect it all, but if no one can get it, read it, or interpret it, mm-hmm. what do you do with it? Just sits mm-hmm. in a box in a drawer. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have access to the data because you don't have a network connection, right? I mean, isn't that what they're talking about over in Ukraine right now? Like, because of Starlink, they can shoot things down. The Ukrainians can. They can. They have better access to the information, so they can take the bad guys out. I really don't think they're bad guys, not to get too political. I think they're just getting manipulated by one giant bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I think we get to see that. Talk about big data. We get to see that now on a on an essence of war amongst humanity that we've never seen before because everybody has cell phones. Oh, news stream oh, all day, every for day. For sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's another version of big data. It's like <sighs> honesty, transparency. But then you got the big... You got the fakes, right? How much of it is fake? How much is real? Da, 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 da. Well, and, and the and the filter, right? I mean, or the, the I guess whether it's manual or, or algorithmed, yeah, uh, out. You've got the the filter too, right? But so then you know, somebody immediately put up a, a website. I think it was called like ukrainefacts.org, sure, right? Sure. And you can validate whatever piece of information mm-hmm. that you're concerned about. Like it's it's a big data watchdog. Yeah, this is. Uh, but then you I mean look at all the data that we're producing with all these little apps, right? Like go go buy a caribou coffee, right? You can tell it where you are. It can yep. tell you who's closest, who's got hours mm-hmm. available. I mean, if it was necessary, but they'd tell you like, hey man, we're at twenty minutes on an order, which isn't possible at a barista shop. But I mean, I guess uh, it, they tell me that at my local pizza shop, and that's four blocks away. Yeah. And I mean, it could be, right? It could be eight in the morning and the line could be out the door. Totally. Sure. But yeah. I mean, the pizza guy will tell me if it's 20 to 40 minutes for my order. Sure, sure. 
Well, and I wonder too, like that's useful data. This Garmin thing has all sorts of useful oh data. My goodness, Oscillation so much. of your foot. But here's another one of those moments where I'm going, well, kind of so what? Like it's almost too much data, and I go, well, I don't know. But I it's, should probably it's be improved. more active. Sure, but it's improved now. The right? data? Yeah, because they, they've they've kind of, I mean, this is a good point. This is where Vector you're pushing us into is because, like, if you look at, like, Whoop or even my Sunto, and I'm sure Garmin has a version of it, too, where it's like, hey, man, you worked your ass off for the last three days. We see that you need some recovery. The body battery in Garmin? Or Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yep. like, this is how, you know, mine tells me how young I am. And how much sleep I I need and how much, where my stress level is. Right. And yeah. Which is wild, but you have to actively do something about it. Do you, do you take a nap? Do you relax or do you keep running? Well, I mean, I think. (laughs) No, we know Charlie's. Because we all know Charlie's like, I'm going to keep running. I've injured my arm and I still run eight miles. Like I just keep doing, I keep pushing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a slight pick. The warning well, light's totally going fine. on. It's like, hey, you should probably calm down. And you're like, no. Yeah, but mentally it just helps out so much. I'm going to keep making granola bars even though my flow wrapper is about to explode. Yeah, I hope people don't do that. I can't imagine the mess to clean up all that granola. That'd be rough. Get it? Rough. Yeah, Sorry. Rough. Well played. Thanks. <laughs> Hot dogs are my favorite. No, no. Stop, stop, stop. No, no, no. So, Natural oh. casings? Uh, I don't know. I was at a hot dog factory once, and uh, have you seen a linker machine or an extruder before? Sure. So like it's the like Play-Doh kits. It's a, it's a Play-Doh kit, yeah, and it's a good call. It's like a machine gun of hot dogs. Like they're coming out fast. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you're selling them at a baseball game for a dollar. Come on, bro. And they are delicious. Um, but they do. They have calculated how many hours of your life it takes off by eating one. Talk about big data. <laughs> But there was like a seal or something that blew up on one of these extruders sure. one day. Sure. And this, I'm going to guess this room was like a story and a half tall. Let's oh, yeah. call it a 20 foot ceiling. Yeah. And the, let's call it the paste. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Squirted it Because it's high up. pressure, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, look, it looked like Slimer got loose on yeah. the ceiling. <laughs> and I'm like, that's crazy. But it's CIP, right? They just hit a I button and walk? Not to get to the ceiling. Oh, really? I think, well, and this was, I mean, 20 years ago, right? I'm, sure. So I, I I don't know. At that point, I just kind of closed my notebook and walked away. And I'm like, yeah, they're going to be at this for a little while. Yeah. They'll call me if they yeah, need to Get something. a man lift and a seal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. Two teams of work right there. Oh, that was gross. Mm. But it was funny. It's, you know, it's part of the game. It's what they signed up for. Right. But speaking of hot dogs and buying stuff, we'll be right back. And this episode is brought to you by, well, me. In the event you'd like to join the show as a guest or a sponsor, feel free to email us at automationadvocates at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and now let's get back to it. So I kind of do want hot dogs now. Yeah. You're, you know, I think what's missing from the hot dog market is just uh, mass customization. I think you should be able to put whatever you want in a casing. And I think that's the that's the outcome from big data that I think is missing from the hot dog market. Not just turkey, not just pork. Yeah. Like bison. You know, I wanna throw ostrich. Aged gorgonzola <laughs> with uh wild rice and um some dried cranberries. 
So maybe like a like a bison like sausage base. So you could do so. I or don't know if you, you want to go full, you know, plant. You go just full tofu, whatever, and it's marinated tofu. But I mean, who cares? Crap! It's just it's seventeen to thirty-five to seventy-five totes, right? And then you just like meter out based on your recipes. And the most difficult part is cleaning that extruder that you shove all this stuff into, right? Yeah, but I think you just run some straight up plain product through or I mean it's it's all positive screws, right? So there's a known end to the batch. Sure. Um unless you're worried about like cross contamination or something. Yeah, I mean it's just, but this is like the pizza roll conversation we had yeah, oh, episodes man. ago. Right. Well, so the meat markets locally, though, they do that, right? So if you go here in Minneapolis, we've got Von Hansen's or Kramarchik's. Sure. Um, you can go in there, and and there's one over Ground Groundhoffers, yeah. over in like Lionel Lakes or whatever. Yeah, local pig in Kansas City. Could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got like sixty different flavors, uh-huh. so you can totally do it. And I bet, in the event you had one too many cocktails and sat down with one of their, uh, what's a meat doctor, butcher. Yeah, but like, uh, we gotta, just call him a butcher. Okay. <laughs> so you, you, you maybe you're sitting down next to the butcher at the local VFW and you're like, dude, what if we put some like Red Hots candies in there? Yeah. I mean, yeah. They'll do it, right? Sure. Anybody like, will do it. I mean, it's just a, you're a customer. But yeah. what's interesting, and, and, and I guess this kind of gets into e commerce a little bit too, right? Mm-hmm. Which we were talking about beforehand. Um, why can't I just order that? That's a cool idea. Well, it's already there. I mean, that's what Chipotle's app is. I mean, there's your big data for you, right? It takes your order while you're in the bus, and it S's it out. You get off at the bus station. You walk across the parking lot. You walk into Chipotle, and some smiley person has put it in a bag and sitting mm-hmm. on a shelf, alphabetized. Mm-hmm. Alphabetized. Alphabetized. No, no, no. <laughs> no, right? And you but, look under M, and bang, it, there's your burrito, and you ordered it You know, at 60 miles an correct. hour. But I think to where Justin was heading with e-commerce, Chipotle has made that decision to have a digital customer experience. So it's five guys. I mean, it's everywhere now, right? Well, thank you, pandemic. Except the meat market. Everywhere with a little asterisk at the end of everywhere. But well, I, yeah, I, it's, but it's yeah. not got down to small mom and pop operations. Correct, correct. Right? But I think that's part of the the customer experience. To your point, okay, that's one piece of this conversation. Do I have the ability to customize what I want, or just not even customize? order what I want, Amazon, Target, et cetera. Um, but then the big data behind it is, does Chipotle change their menu based on what does or doesn't sell well? Correct. Like, what do they do? Or for them, is it not Or do that, they drive demand? Or, or are they, okay, we're going to promote this flavor today, or yeah. is it more- Chorizo's a dollar off. Boom. Right, because- We got a t- pile of Chorizo. chorizo. Yeah, are the, what decisions are they making with the data they have, or is it not so much menu impact? It's to your point earlier, their ERP system when they have yeah. to reorder chorizo, when is they there have to a reorder guac demand charge, you know, upcharge because right. the avocados are getting smashed. Uh, probably I think chorizo is the most undersold. It's amazing protein. Really? Oh, man. it's just sausage, man. But with but eggs it's spice, in the morning, super. I don't know. I, I man, that it is. If you said, "Hey, what do you want on your burrito?" It's chorizo and then like a chicken tinga or a barbacoa just to kind of offset it. Because too much chorizo, eh. But man, there's something about chorizo that just makes me happy. That's great. I'm glad to know that now. Apparently, Charlie likes marinated tofu. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm eating if it's hot. Sign me up. Oh. Hot and fresh. 
I like the idea of though of 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 uh, the resolution of what big data can give in each customer experience. I mean, it's kind of like the the sticker mule thing, mm-hmm. you know, that made it easy, and then they used that data to tell us where our order was at, mm-hmm. and then we got. I mean, you enjoyed that experience. Yes, oh, it was no? super easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about big data gone wrong, though? You know what my my biggest pet peeve is? Wrong directions on your GPS? <laughs> that one's really irritating, but that's for a, sure. That's a big data gone wrong. That That is a big data gone wrong. But more importantly, well, it's not more important. Not getting where I want to go is kind of a big deal. But I get them from, uh, I'm just going to say it, Home Depot. And so I'll go buy a shelf from Home Depot. Big plastic shelf, right? Sure. Storage. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, man, you're buying shelves? Here's all of our other shelves. You should buy one. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, dude. How about what goes with a shelf? A tote. Give me the ads on the totes or mm-hmm. the labels or whatever. Like, so somebody in marketing probably needs to rethink that whole thing because it's goofy. Well, I mean, that's that's the whole, you know, do you want fries with that, right? Is it? You know, what do, what are your adjacencies within mm-hmm. your right. product offering? Mm-hmm. And in Home Depot, I mean, that's a, that's a tree of, you know, that's a matrix, <laughs> man. Like, oh, you <laughs> bought tennis shoes? We should offer socks. Maybe pants, yeah, but I mean, that's a bit how of a often leaf, can right? you, and, but I mean, honestly, if you bought a nail gun, they should be pitching nails. Not another nail gun. <laughs> or an air hose or a battery charger or extension cord to go with it. Yeah. Correct. 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 Safety glasses, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Followed up. May as well be putting brakes on bicycles. It's gonna (laughs) you go faster that way. I learned that. But yeah, I mean, I I think they've been doing that, but they it's definitely an area for an opportunity. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's something I drive at my my place of business. I'm like, hey man, you know, uh, they ordered a circuit breaker. Why aren't we offering them a handle kit? Why aren't we asking them what their point of motor control is? Attachment. Well, yeah, it's adjacencies, right? Yeah, it's like don't get just don't just take the order for the circuit breaker. Get the whole panel. Like, mm-hmm. right. how do you fill the panel with gear? Well, I mean, they're all connected. Mm-hmm. Oh, you bought a controller? You might want a power supply. <gasps> or, you know, hey, here's this cool accessory that allows you to tap off the top end of the lugs so you don't have to create more terminal blocks. You don't need a power distribution block. We can just tap off that power and power your power supply. I showed that to a customer this week. They're like, huh, I didn't know that was this. I'm like, yeah. Saved on panel space, yeah. saved on wiring $3. space. $3. Throw it $3. in the cart. What's up? Well, and I love when you go to the like retail stores, what's the impulse purchase as you walk yeah, down the long aisle? That. Talk about so big like, data. They yeah. hire behavioral like people. Oh, like, you want target. a candy bar and you want a soda? And the kids are like, are we done yet? Are we done yet? Are we done yet? Sure. And you're like in line on the conveyor belt. People and you're magazine. Like, yeah, all the magazines, all that. And it's notice it's all things you can grab with one hand. Totally. Candy bar sodas. But when magazines. do we when do we when do we live in a world where that magazine changes because your phones buy it and my phones buy it? Like maybe you like knitting magazines and so all the disposable tablet magazines sitting on the rack are around knitting and then I show up and I'm about Porsches and then it's like all cars. Mountain bikes and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well and wasn't that in a That's a minority report thing, right? No, but <laughs> it was in a movie, not but but it was uh the hell was it? It was like, let's call it 1998. There was a movie about guys that were computer nerds and hackers. And I want to say it was like a spoof on Microsoft. And they had this big data center. But anyway, I remember 
Ryan Philippe was oh, the yeah, actor. Yeah, 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 and he yeah. walks into this guy's house, and the paintings on the wall are changing based well, on Gates who you had that are. 98 or 6. Yeah, so that was a spoof on this, right? Yeah. But I think that's what you're getting at, right? Instead totally. of the magazine, like, I walked into a room and I prefer blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Personalization of the lighting and the artwork yeah. and the music. And it knows because where you are. Well, yeah, because you have a fob on your chest, you know, it looks like a Star Trek, you know, communicator. Uh, Tony Stark, name drop yeah, right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Tony Stark name drop, yeah. <laughs> like, you guys are on a swim team together, right? Yeah. 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 Duh. Yeah. So th- there was also a book, speaking of that, called Predictably Irrational. Yes, read that one. Um, and, and this talked a lot about kind of what you're, what you're saying, right? Is there's, I'm a member of the Garski uh, book club. It's it's worked out well for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll get on that one. So yeah, so they go through and they talk about, uh, just pricing schemes, right? So if you go, let's say you go to a fish place, right? You're gonna go order whatever seafood dish is your favorite. They've done math of like, hey, if we yeah, if we put the seventy dollar fish on there, yeah. you're gonna spend fifty. Yeah. You're not buying the seventy, yeah. but you don't want to feel cheap and get the twenty, so yeah. you're gonna hit that middle of the road. Or yeah. hey, if we position mm-hmm. the best looking TV in the middle, but then we put these other ones, we can there, yeah. there there's absolutely data and science behind all this stuff. It's, but it's uh, not at the hospital. They're not that clear when you show up. Like, hey, uh, so you got a busted arm there, and it's going to be about $1,200. But if you take this cast option, it's preformed, ready to go. It's only $900. they are not doing that. They're yeah. just sewing you up and kicking you out, right? Yeah, you don't, I, don't, I don't feel like you get many options at all. Or transparency on the front end of how much this, this little you know, excursion is going to cost you. Well, because oh, you jumped on the trampoline at your neighbor's house. So, so fun fact, coworker of mine has a tooth problem. And it's like rotted out, and they have to like go in and and so he was saying he had to talk to three different people, and I'm not a doctor or a dentist or in the medical field at all, but it was like a let's call it your normal dentist, let's call it like a mouth surgeon, and then, like and a, then pl- a, a plastic surgeon, who dentist, knows, whatever, right? Yeah. But he cosmetic asked, dentist, I think sure, called. yeah. So he asked those people that same question, like. What's the damages? Yeah. And they're like, well, uh, we're not really sure. Oh, you get a good dentist. You give them a hundred bucks. They'll tell you. Maybe. But then he, he went even a step further and he's like, well, so you have to pull my tooth out. You have to yep. wait for it to heal. Yep. And then shove an implant in and right. then screw it on. And he's like, so how long am I going to be without a tooth? And can you give me anything to make me not look like a toothless redneck? Yeah. And they can like, make a thing. Well, but these people were, it sounded like they were real uncertain at the time. Like, there was a lot of lack of transparency. And I'm like, oh, oh man. Dude, you just make one of those those uh, those uh, retainers well, with a fake tooth. Sure. You can make that in a day. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. And, you and now you're at a point right where you probably 3D print the whole thing. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then if you want to do the hard implant and screw it on like uh, the James Bond villain, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a couple weeks later after everything gets mm-hmm. held up, yeah. We're not talking grails. Grails? Grails. Grails. Oh, my God. Actually, and I we know gold with we some are. diamonds. Yes, you, I, I cannot know. wait for you to tell him that he needs a grill in his mouth. <laughs> I know this person. This Good. is going to be the best Why conversation I've ever seen. But I think that, okay, now you've completely jumped You get a through. YouTube channel, and then he can sell sponsorship on his grill. Oh gosh, this That's is... awesome. I'm going to I'm gonna Photoshop some stuff later. This yeah, is going to be, be a great yeah. time. No, I think we're now, we're, we're starting to, to jump off. 
track a little bit. No, we're not. I think well, you but, can personalize the mouth guard of every NFL player with a oh, different completely, logo. Completely. I mean, I looked up Jumbo because Jumbo.com was written on Max Verstappen's mask on his on his helmet, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a big grocery store over in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And uh, like that's this small. And you're zooming in on, you know, pick, you know, and Troy Aikman's face, finding Patrick Mahomes' face, and you've got that little mm-hmm. logo, the local pig on Patrick Mahomes' uh, mouth, mouth guard. guard. Mm-hmm. Why not? So I what? went to Jumbo.com and it says, hollow, yeah. exclamation point. Yeah, and you can Morgan buy blueberries for cookies. Uh, yeah. Then? yeah, for dot seven five euro, right? It's definitely not in English. No, no. But I think now you're getting back into the conversation on customization. and But what, what would you say data has to do with the customization of a mouth guard? Well, what if uh, Patrick Mahomes did a grocery store uh, advertisement for Hy-Vee and he had a Patrick Mahomes sausage? And it yeah, was, we're starting to tie it back together. Oh, yeah. Working I can, together. I can connect dots better than... I love this. Or a mouth guard, depending on the stadium he's playing in. Correct. Right? right? A local, right? Yeah. Work that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if I can do a curbside order in the Netherlands. Totally. <laughs> they gonna, you have to have VPN that so you can pretend you're there, right? <laughs> Didn't somebody like have a story last year sometime where a dude admitted he'd been getting a pizza for every week for like three or 10 years from some random nobody uh, anonymous dude. Have you heard about this? No. Oh, that's a story too. Yeah. Useless information, but yeah, that's, that's big data, you know, being used to, you know, deliver pizza, mm-hmm. which is great. <laughs> what is it? Uh, the Domino's folks, they've got big data pretty figured out in their POS. Oh, they do. That's pretty great. Does this go back full circle to automating the kitchen? Oh, totally. Yes. Yeah. I mean, have we talked to Flippy yet? Cause I mean, I think, I think that's where it goes. I mean, I ate it. I ate it. Uh, five Guys the other day. I love Five Guys. Oh, that yeah. sounds really good. Five Guys is they're they're blatantly pointing out what your starting wage is, which I think last night in uh, Plymouth was seventeen eighty five an hour. Okay, so what you posted on the LinkedIn page the other day that we can have a forklift work for nine dollars an hour? Yeah, right. And I'm sure we can come up with the same rate on a Flippy, right? Yeah. Now the question is, can Flippy beat? starting wage of five guys because five guys has the app. So you can fill flippy with all the orders you want. And I mean, no offense to the folks working at five guys, but those shakes are not exactly difficult. Like that's just a batching program already exists recipe. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we've been doing that for 50 years, yeah. right? Like my like, kids like, dad, can I get one that has four flavors? And like, I don't know. Ask the guy. And I go, Hey, Keep clicking the button. Yeah, it exactly. you keep like, clicking the well, button. Yeah, it's just like an elevator. It'll go to every floor if you want to wait for it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so at Five Guys, I think there's 20 flavors. I know? can picture him just, yeah. hey, hey, let me do it. Let yeah. me do it. <laughs> hey, look. Hey, 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 Dad, check it out. What does it even taste like? <laughs> I don't think he cares what it tastes like. He's just happy he got to push four buttons in one cup. Yeah, it like was, that's uh, his strawberry, banana, Oreo, and chocolate. I think. Ooh, he's not wrong though. I mean, he's... sure. Basically, sure. it's like a Sunday in a shake. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of yeah. like when you type your password into your computer, you <laughs> totally. just swipe your finger <laughs> yeah, across. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Keyboard. Used to, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 
found out that wasn't exclamation enough. point. You got to yeah, like yeah, two. add an extra character. At the end. Yeah, yeah. Underscore just yeah. something. Whole shift in the middle. You yeah, know? yeah, that's pretty much how that goes. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, how far away are we from? The, I think that's where big data needs to do. Is just take that. I mean, that's our our, our slogan, right? Like automating the suck out of it. Like I think, I think people work at five guys because they have to or they want to maybe i don't know but i also think as a five guys franchisee you could be like oh you're telling me that i can what's the number like there's nothing there's not brain surgery going on in a five guys plant man it's a pretty concise menu they they actually have a really good concise menu for that kind of an application with a lot of variety yeah Yeah. so as long as you can get the variety and the customization down Mm -hmm. that's a cobot but you could take the five people running five guys and knock it down to two. Yeah, or make it faster, right? So there's been times and that was the COVID, thing. Like, like the wait was like you had the online order line and then you oh, had yeah. the in person order line, and there was a. I mean, I think we waited maybe 10, 15 minutes. That's fine. I don't care. But, but sure, could you get it down to five with two employees instead of and a bunch of robots? Because all the repeatable, like the burgers always had to be cooked this way, have to hit this temperature. Yeah. Right? There's a desired outcome, mm-hmm. safety, food taken care of. You remove the person touching the hot oil with the fries. Yeah. The food safety and the employee safety, right? Like exactly. we know it's cooked. It's Correct. been validated and verified by our camera or timer or Correct. whatever. So you have, you know, Benji working on one side of the glass and the other side of the glass is all the hot stuff. And the robot just tosses it over the, the wall of the Benji and, and he assembles it. And bingo, bango. And by the way, the malt is just automated. Like, should be done. Yeah. So if Subway has sandwich artists, what are we going to call the the five guys burger? It's It's flippy. It's just. All the burger artists. I hear you. We're not here to build brands, man. We're just here to (laughs) automate that experience. Like, let's let's knock the three people into something better. Because you can have. We already have, well, was it Autobot? We have the Autobot pull off all the Five Guys truck pallets, you know, mm-hmm. and but, put things. You could lay out the store so that Autobot could load the peanut oil into this section, and then you could have a pick-and-place mm-hmm. filler. So pulling full circle back to the so what, now you have to actually put thought into the infrastructure and the facilities, and I think yes. that's where as an industrial yeah, supplier. Yeah, it changes everything. Changes the Bingo. kitchen layout. Absolutely. Changes the whole yeah, facility. It, and you have to think about the packaging, mm-hmm. right? So that peanut oil for the fryers, is it sitting right next to the free peanuts at Five Guys? That's in a cardboard tote in a plastic squared off container with a circular opening. Well, we can open that circular opening. We can put it upside down. Or better yet, we can have the circular opening just stay in place and just plug the damn thing into like a the receiver. water cooler. Yeah, and mm-hmm. just boom. Yeah. Yeah. And just suck it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's no mess. Right. And we've been doing that in automotive for parts delivery for a long time, right? All day. With very specific dunnage and things like that. They do it at the bar. You know, they put the Jack Daniels on the uh, upside down spigot and it comes out in the gun. Oh, sure. But I think too, then as the franchisee, the owner of your five guys in this location, to your point, as a franchisee, you'd have to rethink your layout and the robotics, but then you know how to start to employ, to your point, robotic technicians. Now, oh, that's can, just part of the service network. Or is or is it part of the service network? Yeah, the manufacturer of, in, of Flippy pays, you just pay them. It's, pay the, it's, the service it's mass. Correct. But, it, but, is but it mass then, or moss? Yeah. But what if it goes Machine down is a service. at 6 o'clock on a Monday? 
Dude, you're in a metropolitan area. No, but how cool would that be to be like, I work at Five Guys. Oh, you flip burgers? I'm the robot technician. Yeah, and <laughs> why why isn't your favorite mechanical contractor adding this as a service? Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, your Egan's, your MCC's, you know, I'm sure there's m- loads of companies out there that would right. be happy to make the investment in their people mm-hmm. to make, because they're just, their job is selling time. Yeah. I'm not trying to eliminate those jobs. I'm trying to make more of them. What's I'm saying now, instead of having five workers at, because, you know, people could be listening and saying, oh, you're trying to, robots are replacing jobs. You went from five workers down to two. No. No, what we're trying to say is other three people, instead of flipping burgers, are now working for companies that are. Driving trucks, fixing robots. Fixing robots. So, you know what? Shifting where the work is. And it's a higher, higher uh, wage. Wage. Satisfaction. Bingo. At some point, better Christmas party, man. Fourth of July party, whatever. Any of it, mm-hmm. people in person. Live. I saw. I saw an, uh, an entertainment budget and a statement I was looking at for a, a co-op the other day, and uh, year over year, uh, forty-one thousand to seventy-two thousand. So during the pandemic, they didn't have many parties, but last year they had a little bit more parties. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Just big data. Well, it. And so what I would love to try to unpack at some point, and we're not going to have time today, but my brain gets fuzzy when we start talking about how we process this, right? So we, we threw out some buzz terms at the beginning of this, like AI mm-hmm. and neural networks. And like, I would yeah, be Yeah, but I think curious. you just work it backwards. I think you just say, okay, here is, let's block diagram out five guys. Sure. Drop in Flippy. And try and just take five people down to four. And then you take four people down to three. So I think no. that's a different problem. I'm no. talking. I, I see exactly where you're going, Justin. It's like that swim lane. Okay. If the, at the end of the day, we want to be able to adjust our menu based on what people are ordering. Therefore, the data coming in has to go to this department that's in charge of menu. Procurement. Menu. Yeah. So then you have to break down. Okay, so menu people need the information. Procurement needs the information. You're, and with, you're trying to like... They have it all. But you're trying to think to Justin's point, what's that flow chart look like? Data comes in. Does it go to data storage? And is there an automatic email to tell Susie and John that you have no, to you go just, and check? I think it feeds your min-maxes and you just Correct. make orders. But that's, I think, where you're going. How do you flow the data through to who so that someone's making a decision at the end of the day? Or l- let's let's go back to a food producer. We're going to make cereal. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I'm going to monitor data from my machinery. I've got data from the weather. I've got data from, you know, my suppliers. I've got data. I've got all these sources. Yeah, this is where the and AI I want to go synergistic. <clears throat> But that's my point. So when I start hearing those terms, because it's never been anything I've been exposed to, I go, you know, for me, it's like an if statement or a case statement, right? Define the the case statement for Jimmy. uh, So instead of having a, if my light switch is on, then the bulb is, or if I put my light switch up, then the bulb is on. If if it's down, the bulb is off. I could have a like a rotary selector switch of one through four for speed, right? So if, if at one, so that's a case or a select statement, right? Is sure. picking multiple outcomes based on a singular input, typically mm-hmm. a correct a, a variable. Uh, correct. Mm-hmm. But we're going out to twenty six variables now in our little five guys menu. In for multiple. Well, but but again, so the five guys piece we can pick apart because it's a very linear outcome. If I look at a cereal factory and go, 
I need to make more cereal faster, better, more quality. I mean, if you read the buzz, it would be like, well, I just take these 15 data sources and I throw it up into somebody else's computer Mm -hmm. and it's going to automatically tell me how to fix my factory. Well, that's, that's the promise. Right. But I, I'd love to know more. Who's doing it? So that's my point. I'd love to know more about how that compute cycle works or what, what's even happening under the hood. Someone set the rule set up. Maybe. Right? Like, well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's like, some kind of like a rule set on Did if you and write then. the specification? What is the desired outcome? How do you measure success? What does failure look like? And that is why it's so critical, especially when you're working with people outside your organization, to have a specification so that you can go, this is what we want to achieve. Sure. This is how we measure success. Can you get us there? And that's, I think that's the piece that is missing from the big data piece. You know, it's like, okay, Rolls-Royce got all this data about all these engines and they're, they're, they're leasing the engines. And what are you doing with it? Oh, you can, you have to schedule downtime for this engine on this airplane right. in April. So reroute accordingly because you don't have this asset in service. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that asset has to get to a machine, uh, uh, has to fly to a place where it gets service, Oklahoma, Duluth, right. whatever. Right, right. So I think they're doing that right now. Because airplanes are what, hundred and eighty million dollars, plus or minus. Yeah. Was was what was the one you bought the other day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Not shown to scale. Yeah, right. So you can buy a Boeing seven 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 for four hundred and ten million dollars. Yeah, I want that uh, Zevia Air. I think is the hydrogen one. They're the hydrogen fuel cell into an electric motor. They're doing like uh, I think their range is targeted around four hundred miles. Minneapolis, oh. Chicago. Here's one yeah. for two hundred and seventy-nine million dollars. It's a deal. Yeah, I wonder what's more of a burden as far as maintenance goes: the yacht or the seven seven seven. Yacht. Really? Oh, I bet. Because of the exposure to the ocean. Well, and probably the inconsistency, right? So these things are moving all the time. Machinery loves to move. Totally. Machinery doesn't love to sit. Totally. So if you put some salt water in something and then you let it sit there. Because you're going to be at this port for this so many weeks or yeah. months. And I'm going to go to this island for now so many weeks or months. Now you got to somehow flush that crud out. Remember right? when Larry and Sergey were flying around on their own 737? No. Yeah, dude. You didn't know about that? <laughs> I'm sure I did, but I don't. We got to go for a team meeting. Everybody <laughs> jump on the jet. Let's go. <laughs> Seems reasonable. I mean, it's, you know, it looks like I say, I found us a deal on one. So is that used or what? Uh, I didn't look too close, but I mean, we could get a sponsor or two, probably pull this off. I mean, what Travolta had his own, he parked it in his house. That was a 727, I believe. I mean, what's, uh, what, what's a, what's a, is a two smaller? Oh, the citation is the one to get. Oh. The assessment citation. I think you can do just over mock. Oh, seven two seven is only six point four million. Yeah, but I mean, how they many stopped people, making them how in nineteen eighty three though? So you're getting a used one. Totally, but how many uh, how many friends do you really need to fly with? I mean, probably just you two. Yes. Well, I mean, I bet you could come up with four more. Maybe, but yeah, not not a lot, not a lot. 
<sighs> well, that brings hey, us the uh, other the other yeah. big data point where we're seeing outcomes is uh, Formula One. You pay attention to any of that? No. So they're watching. So Sarah beats you uh, in qualifying. Okay. Okay. And Sarah, Sarah's data. I'm your pitch. I'm your I'm your team principal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm on Team Garski, and Team Larson kicked Team Garski's tail. Yeah. At 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 uh, Spa. Sure. Belgium. Yeah. And we can look because the data is available. Mm-hmm. I can see where Sarah had her foot on the gas and where Sarah braked. And I have access to that. Like, you do as my I, team? I, my, yeah. The competition. Really? Yeah. That's how big data is being used right well, now. Well, that seems unfair. Well, That's there, how man. she beat me. I was winning in practice until she saw what I was doing, hacked it, and then won. Well, so... Why did you why did you break early on turn four when I told you to go in deeper? Just give her. Yeah. Go and for so it. So you're scared. You're not confident in the car. Sarah's more confident in the car. Sarah's running a different tire. Sarah's got yeah. different downforce. Sarah's running a different chassis. She's on Team Larson. Mm-hmm. Team Garski needs to get their S together. Have a little bit of more, you know, maybe you need to have more charge in your battery when you're coming out of turn four because Sarah got on it quicker. Maybe Sarah took a different line slightly. Like, we have all that data. And they're sharing it amongst each other. Yeah. Really? Bananas. I feel like that's just well, a ridiculous. But, but the only you only feel that because you're myopically thinking of yourself and you're thinking about your result versus hers. If you think about what Formula One is, entertainment. What do you want? You want the most competitive arena mm-hmm. Available yep. with the well, most money being spent on the most weird ass silliness in aerodynamics and engine yeah. and body weight and, and didn't they're Nas- taking paint off cars this year. Yeah, like didn't NASCAR just this year weren't just um your buddy was telling you about this. Didn't NASCAR come in and everybody has the same chassis and well, they've always kind of had that. But but like there's different there were they changed yeah. the chassis called this stock year. Stock cars. Stock yeah. cars. But Formula like this, One changed every a lot of stuff yeah. this year too. But like it sounds like this year was yeah. they had changes. Big redesign. Big yep. redesign. So it resets the field. Reset the field. And then yep. you're also to your point, you know, five hundred laps one direction, the entertainment level sure. can come and go. And he was explaining that now within certain so many laps, like certain segments. Now you can have a winner of different segments to keep it entertaining, you know, Correct. entertaining and inter- engaging. And I can bet. And I can bet that oh, you're going to win this lap, but you're going to win this segment. While and I'm this- sitting in you know Tuscaloosa and the races in Vegas, I can bet that you know Larson's going to lap Garski on, mm. on lap 400. But they, like you said, they changed it up using the big data on uh-huh. how all the races were performing, who was winning, mm-hmm. why they're winning, why just that one was winning. And why, and- why do they do that? currency it's all about money man did you hear what they made in the state of new york they when they legalized gambling sports book <sighs> i don't even want to guess it's like 300 million dollars in like the first like month or two months <laughs> <laughs> bananas. and here we are on an automation podcast why do i feel <laughs> so, well gambling i mean i mean yeah, we solve so many problems with syntaxes man if we just get out of our own way <laughs> right <laughs> there wouldn't be any teacher strikes anymore man anywhere right. Nowhere. We'd fund education. We'd have calculus at 15 and the world would be solved. There we go. On that note. <laughs> yeah, we're out of time for today. We uh, we loosely scratch data. Um, we saw all sorts of cool stuff about flight radar. and We talked a little bit about some books, but uh, Formula we'll One. Formula One, yeah. Game on. Thank you. Thank you.
And that's a wrap for today. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed your time with us, please like and subscribe. Keep the letters coming to automationadvocates at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. The opinions in this show are ours and not representative of our employers. While normally polished, occasionally we might slide off the rails and into the ditch. Forgive us for that one.